welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning. And welcome to worship here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor appointed to serve this church. And this... I am Gayla Shoemake, and I'm helping as a liturgist this morning. And welcome, Gayla. It's great to be partnering with you this morning. This is the second Sunday in the season of Advent as we prepare to celebrate Christmas once again. And so it is indeed a delight to be gathered together here. Let's take a moment to welcome those who are worshiping with us online as well. Friends, welcome. <laughs> I'd like to invite you to fill out the Connect card. It is a QR code in your bulletin, and there may be some in the pews as well, I hope. And uh, this is an opportunity, particularly if you have a prayer request, uh, to let me know what I should be holding in prayer for you in the week ahead. So now if you are able, uh, in body or spirit, to rise for the responsive call to worship. In these darkening days, we come seeking peace. We seek serenity within ourselves. We seek harmony within our families. We seek goodwill among our neighbors. We seek a ceasefire among all nations. We seek not just the absence of conflict, but the presence of shalom, the abiding peace, the healing life, the unrelenting justice, that God calls us to in Christ. Let us worship with divine hope. And now my friends, as always, before we begin our worship time, we want to reconcile hearts and minds to God and one another through the passing of the peace of Christ. My friends, you can share signs of peace however is most comfortable for you and your partner. The peace of Christ be with you all. Oh. 
Tune. I gotta be in tune. In the subtle and stir of a burnt orange sunrise, in the lilting laughter or memory of a table full of friends, in the flash of clarity that turns on the light of insight and leads us towards wisdom, we find the peace that passes all understanding. But there are things that we need to understand. Help us hear you in the stories of those who struggle. Peace is what the prophets foretold. 
Peace is what is sacrificed when profit takes precedence. We light a candle for peace and pray for the courage to stand up for it. In this second week of Advent, as the waiting and expectation heighten, deepen our desire for peace. Like the wise called to journey in those early dawning days, may we seek, strive, search for peace. Like the prophets old and new, may we cry out for its coming. We light, we light a, a candle, candle for peace, peace. May, may it light, light the, the way. way. Desire of nations bind all peoples in one heart and mind. From dust the broadest forth to life, deliver us from earthly strife. Rejoice, rejoice, be Children and youth, come on forward. Sit down right here. Yes, we've got some youth joining too. I like it. <laughs> okay, here's my question for you. When you think of the word wait, what do you think of? Patience. Ooh, patience. Waiting for other people. Waiting for other people, yes. What other things come to mind? Opening presents. Oh, waiting to open presents, yes. Long. 
Long, yes. Different holidays. Oh, different holidays. We think of holidays a lot when we're waiting. For your birthday. For your birthday, for special occasions. Good. Any other words? Yeah, it's okay. You can. What'd you say? Oh, candy. Sometimes we have to wait for candy. That is the truth. Okay, so. I have a pile of words here, and these are instructions for preparing a pizza. We're talking about preparation, but they're out of order. So I'm wondering if you could help me put them in order. Like we've got eat, preheat the oven, sprinkle cheese, prepare the dough, add pepperoni. You're working very hard together. I like it. Spread the pizza sauce. Yep. I see preheat the oven as the first step. That sounds hopeful. Don't forget about add pepperoni, I heard. Okay, what do you think? Should we look? Okay, so step one, preheat the oven, prepare the dough, spread the pizza sauce, sprinkle on cheese, add pepperoni, bake in the oven, slice the pizza, eat. How'd they do? Pretty good. That was very efficient teamwork. I like it. Okay, so sometimes this is our second week of talking about Advent and waiting, and sometimes we think of waiting as being a little bit boring. Like, like it's kind of just a means to an end. We wish we could skip over the waiting and just get to the birthday party, or the candy, or the holiday, or whatever, right? But there's actually a lot of intention behind waiting. And it's not passive, it's actually a very active step. So that's what we're gonna talk about in Sunday School today. The active step of waiting. So let's pray all together. Repeat after me, dear God. Dear God soften our hearts, hearts toward gratitude, gratitude as we wait. Amen. Okay, can somebody help me by picking those up and then we'll go into the chapel. As clear as if 
rising sun Poured out the light of grace He comes and we shall hear His voice Not as some distant
like to make a few introductory remarks uh, before we hear the scripture read this morning. It is coming to us from the Gospel according to Mark, the very first chapter. Now, Mark's Gospel does not begin with a birth story of Jesus like Matthew's does, and it does not tell us the birth story of John the Baptist as Luke does. It does not even begin with the beginning of time as the Gospel of John does. For Mark, the good news begins with a reminder of the words of the prophets. You see, Mark wants to bring the good news of a new covenant by tying it to the original covenant of the people with God. They could use good news. At the time this gospel was written, about 70 years following Jesus' death and resurrection, they've been struggling to survive following a very nasty war with Rome. Now, once that link between the prophets and Jesus is established, then Mark introduces us to John the Baptist. Here we are meant to see the parallels between the prophet Elijah and John with his message of repentance. The whole point of this is to remind us all of us readers of the covenantal relationship with God and to turn us toward that relationship once more. The preaching of John the Baptist is present in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but in Mark, his preaching is a much more gentle warning. It's more of a pointing toward Jesus than it is a sign of judgment. Let's listen now as Dick reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. My name is Dick Gibson. My pronouns are he and him. This morning's scripture reading comes from the gospel according to Mark, as Donna told us. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. We're reading from the Common English Bible this morning. So I would invite you to stand in whatever form you can whatever is meaningful for you, for the reading of scripture. This is the beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ. It happened just as it was written about by the prophet Isaiah. Look, I'm sending my messenger before you. He will prepare your way it will be a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized and to show that they were changing their hearts and their lives 
and they wanted God to forgive them. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the River Jordan and were being baptized there by John as they confessed their sins. Now John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. I hope Donna preaches on that someday. <laughs> he ate locusts, add this to your sermon, he ate locusts <laughs> and wild honey. This is a, a real description of a person living in the wilderness. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced to the people, one who is stronger than I am is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the straps of his sandals. But I am baptizing you with water. He will come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Please join in singing our hymn of praise. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ who calls us together this day. <clears throat> Early warning systems. We've heard about them 
and we appreciate their usefulness when it comes to things like tsunamis and hurricanes and tornadoes. Even when we think about health risks and the early warning signs of diabetes or cancer, heart disease, and the like, most of us would say that early warning systems are a good thing. But I wonder, how often do we really listen to them? How often do we really heed their warnings? Meteorologists warn of a hurricane and authorities evacuate neighborhoods, and yet some people stubbornly stay right in the path, refusing to believe destruction could come to their house. Doctors, they warn us about the dangers of sedentary lifestyles. Yet still, we stay at our desks way past quitting time and forego the exercise we know we need. Financial advisors, they warn us not to live beyond our means and to work out our retirement plans. And yet, too many of us rely on credit cards, hoping we can always buy now and pay later. It is so easy, too easy, to ignore the early warning systems when we have our hearts set on life as we know it, or as life as we want it to be. Just like Ralphie in the infamous Christmas story. Let's play the first clip, if you would, Ken. Ah, there it is. The holy grail of Christmas gifts, the Red Ryder 200-shot range model air rifle. Ralphie, what would you like for Christmas? Horrified, I heard myself blurted out. I want an official Red Ryder carbon action 200-shot range model air rifle. What I want for Christmas is a Red Rider BB gun with a compass and a stock and this thing which tells time. Wow, that's great. A Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock and this thing which tells time. No, shoot your eye out. Oh no, it was the classic mother BB gun block. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out? My mother must have gotten the Miss Shields. There could be no other explanation. Y'all shoot your eye Y'all shoot your eye <laughs> It is so easy to ignore the early warning signs we all receive. And then there's John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist is the expert in early warnings of the coming of God's realm. Remember how he says, one who is stronger than I am is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John's teachings are all about preparing. This wild man out in the wilderness is calling us not just to repent or to turn around, but also to prepare, to figure out the order we need to place things in, whether we're baking a pizza or creating a life. 
prepare, he says, not just by hearing God's words, but by doing them. Prepare for God's realm by actively participating in it right now. Because if we don't, if we choose to ignore the early warning systems that we encounter in life and in faith, what do you suppose could happen? Maybe something like this. Okay, Black Bart, now you get yours. Oh my god, I shot my eye out! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out! Oh, oh, oh. Shoot your eye out. She hadn't seen. She didn't know. My eyes are right. The BB must have hit my glasses. My glasses. Oh, no. Where are my glasses? Few things brought such swift and terrible retribution on a kid as a pair of busted glasses. <laughs> well, the worst case scenario, or close to it, comes to pass. And we scramble to cover up, to excuse, to justify our lack of attention or care. If you keep watching this clip, you'll find that Ralphie figures out the way to handle his broken glasses is to concoct a fabulous story about an icicle falling off the roof and hitting him right square in the glasses. We all do that, don't we? We try to cover it up. You'll shoot your eye out. Repent and prepare. This morning, we find ourselves preparing not only for Christmas, but also for whatever new thing God is offering us today. As we stand on the cusp of God's new age, participating in the kingdom in our midst, we recognize that all of our denial, all of our excuses, and all of our inaction will not suffice. Of course, there will be times we miss the mark. Absolutely, there will be times we fail to, heal, hear, to heed the warnings that we see and feel and hear all around us. Certainly, there will be those moments when we do indeed shoot our eyes out. But you know, that is not the end of the story. Because repentance, it's not about feeling sorry or guilty or afraid. True repentance does not drive us into shame. It drives us into change. Now, some of you may remember that last year, at about this time, in this sanctuary, I invited you to join me in what I called a famous theological dance. Do you remember what it was called? The Hokey Pokey, that's right. <clears throat> we danced the Hokey Pokey right here in the pews. We put one hand in, we put one hand out, we did the hokey pokey, 
we shake it all about. But do you remember the last part of the dance and the most important song, part of the song? It comes when you put your whole self in. You shake it all about, and then you turn yourself around. The song and dance becomes theological and meaningful for us when you get to that last part, the part where you turn yourself around. Now, I know it is one thing to ask Jesus to come and to change the world. Oh, wouldn't that be great? It's a whole different thing and sometimes much more difficult one to ask Jesus to come and to change me or to change you. To help us to see ourselves differently. To enable us to shake ourselves about and to turn around. To reframe our relationship with God and each other in a new way. You see, that is the whole point of Advent. And it is the real promise of Christmas as well. To walk in the way of Jesus means to make a constant commitment to change. Even knowing there will be times when we fear we are going to shoot our eyes out, there will be moments when we will get it wrong. When we inadvertently hurt one another by what we say or what we do. When we just don't get it, when we think that somebody else's pain is not our concern. My friends, it is. There will be moments when we fall short, failing to be the disciples we want or hope to be. Still, to follow Jesus means to answer God's invitation to put our whole selves in, to shake ourselves about and to turn around in response to God's grace. Not just once or twice, not only now and then, but over and over again, repeatedly, every day. John the Baptist, he doesn't say what one might expect from a wild ascetic dressed in camel's hair. It's all about what you wear, Dick. <clears throat> and feasting on locusts and wild honey. That's probably in the Blue Zones cookbook, I will say. We might expect him to tell us to do what he has done, to leave our families, to make a home in the desert, and to start some kind of revolution. Instead, John tells us what he tells the crowd around him. Go home to your families, to your neighbors, to your daily lives, but first, turn around. Stop running away. Stop insisting God is somewhere out there. Stop thinking you have to go far afield to launch a massive search for the divine. Stop waiting for a holy someday that may never come. Instead, put your whole self into turning around as completely and as graciously as you can. Learn to share now.
try forgiving now. Become merciful now. Be just now. Be present now. Be honest, be humble, be accepting of God's love for you and do something with it right now. If only in our dreams. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we come together in a time of prayer, I would invite you to take a look at the prayer list found in the bulletin today. We'll take a few moments in silence to enable you to lift to God those persons and situations in the bulletin and also those closest to your own hearts this day. Let us pray. O holy and merciful God, 
May we love boldly by faith in you. May we love boldly enough to acknowledge, to accept, to respect and honor the life, the fears, the hopes, the dreams of those around us. Help us to love boldly. Help us to live as if peace is more beguiling than war. Help us to be those ambassadors for peace who offer a comforting word, who find the courage to intervene and to stand up for what we know of peace. O holy God, may our science be driven by compassion and not only survival. For to survive without compassion is intolerable. Help us to live as if you have already written the last chapter of our lives and even of this world. May your judgment come with no punishment. And yet, O oh Lord, may we be removed from comfort until all are comforted. Help us to remember that we are loved as individuals and judged as a people. Help us to remember what Jesus calls the least of these, those on the margins are your people. We know how much you love the least and how angry you get when the least are not included as our people. Forgive us our timidity. Forgive us our confusion our frustration, our impatience with one another when we come together to do your work. You gave us the gift of Christ, and yet often we try to stuff him into some forgotten corner of our lives in the hopes that we might not be touched or changed. Help us to remember Christ is always the center. That you, God, are the one in the very center of this universe and even of our daily lives. Hear us now as we pray together the prayer which Jesus taught. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank <clears throat> you.
No? Okay, there, there it goes. Thank you. I invite us now to a time of giving. The offering plates will be passed in the sanctuary, and I encourage you to be generous as God has been generous to us. If you are online, you may give in two ways. One, online at edmundsumc.org slash give, or by sending a check via snail mail to 828 Caspers Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. Thank you for supporting the ministries and the staff at EUMC. Thank you.
loving God, we have called us to contribute to the needs of those we know and to extend hospitality to strangers. Hallowed these gifts that they may be a blessing to many. In your name we pray. Amen. Seated. We have a few announcements. It is a busy, busy time of year, and the church is no different for sure. Uh, so I want to thank everybody who volunteered yesterday and in the days leading up to the toy shop distribution yesterday. It was a great event, and a lot of families will be uh, much merrier come Christmas, thanks to your work and the work of the Edmonds Food Bank. Um, also, I um, want to point out today that we have a couple of things happening. Right after worship, here in the sanctuary, we have a, another Christmas pageant rehearsal, um, and it's not too late to get involved in that. If you have a hankering to be a little angel or a big angel, uh, just talk to Karen, and uh, we can make your holiday dreams come true. Um, also today, tonight actually, at 7 o'clock here in the sanctuary, join us for a much uh, created and many times over created Christmas concert, right? This is the little concert that could, and it's going to be fabulous. You don't want to miss it. Um, so please be here for that. Also, next Sunday, the um, Advocates for Justice are offering another uh, Palestine update in the chapel right after worship. And also next Sunday is our Carol Sing and All Church Christmas Party. So you don't want to miss that. That'll be at 3 o'clock. We'll start here in the sanctuary. You'll get an opportunity to sing all those Christmas songs that you've been wanting to sing during Advent. And uh, then we'll have some refreshments and some games. It really should be a great time for us together. And I believe Lori has an, another announcement. Thank you, Pastor Donna. Um, my name is Lori Napa, and I want to say good morning, church family. It's good to see so many of you here and so many of you online. Um, I just wanted to say you may have noticed that there are some stockings hanging back there by the office. And it has been our tradition to hang stockings for our staff so that we can all treat them during this Advent season. They work hard for us all year round, and it's nice to have them have a little something in those stockings while we're all waiting for Christmas. <laughs> so one thing I would ask, these stockings were made lovingly by members of our congregation, and if you would like to give something that is of an organic nature, just please wrap it up first. <laughs> We've, we, we had a couple of little tangerine incidents in the past. So. <laughs> At any rate, um, please uh, treat our staff. They treat us every day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. And actually, they are beautiful. Take a look at them, because I'm always so impressed when uh, anybody can knit. <laughs> um, so one final announcement. I know that there's a lot of joy and a lot of celebrating going on this season. 
And yet for some people, and I shouldn't say yet, still for some of us, probably for all of us at various moments, the season also carries with it reminders of love lost and opportunities missed and just some difficult moments. And uh, so I would invite you to think about coming together on December 21st, which is the longest night of the year, uh, for a time of support and encouragement and a beautiful worship service here in the sanctuary. All right then, let us stand and join together in singing our closing hymn. I'm gonna take advantage of having a microphone for one moment and say if you're on the fence about the concert tonight, you could come to hear the principal keyboard player from the Pacific Northwest Ballet, a featured soloist from the Boston Early Music Festival, some of the other uh, musicians who are here on this stage. So don't miss it. You won't want to miss it. There'll be all kinds of stuff and something for everybody. So, all right. It will be streamed. Yes, yes. Bye.
I'm going to give the benediction from right here today because I snagged the music from the offertory and David needs it back. <laughs> because I thought these words are a fitting benediction. It is hard to wait. It can be so hard to wait, yet there is gonna be a day every valley God will raise. There is gonna be a day hills and mountains are gonna be made plain. There is gonna be a day winding roads gonna be made straight. It's hard to wait, but we know there's gonna be a day. May the peace of Christ comfort us and surround us in that thought, amen. Secret.